Good morning, everybody. This is Ehud, son of Dennis, coming to you live from the Middle West of the United States. No, the divided states of America and to the republic for which they stand. Two nations under God with liberty and justice for some. For those that uh, are connected, those that are well off, those that know somebody who knows somebody, and or those who are just simply uh, Democrats. I don't know. I mean, just call it like I see it. So good morning. Welcome to It's a Religion, the podcast that seeks to discuss life from the standpoint of faith. What do you put faith in? Uh, hopefully you put faith in your spouse. You put faith in your company that you work for. You put faith in the sun coming up tomorrow. You put faith in, in many things. But ultimately, is your faith in the right place? Have you ever asked that question? Have you ever thought about it? Um, if you do have faith in the right place, which we suggest is Jesus the Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and we suggest that for many specific reasons, one of which because someday you're going to leave this planet and uh, there is a process that every one of us is going to go through at that point in time. And in that event, there's two places you could ultimately end up. One place is very nice, I think, is going to be a new heaven and a new earth. The other place, uh, I believe, is a lake of fire. And it doesn't sound very nice, I got to say. And that is going to last a very long time. Uh, could be forever. I believe that's what the Bible speaks of. And so this life, the things that we get involved with in this life, the things that we put faith in in this life, mean something. They mean something to not only this life, but in the life to come. And so if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, we encourage you to, to seek him out, to find out about him, to read the Bible, to read the book of John, start there, or maybe First John, Second John. I go back to the book of John. It's, it's just a good starting point because some of the other stuff is more historical in nature and John really gives a good perspective on who Jesus, who this Jesus is and why he came at the time he did. You know, there's a fullness of time to everything that God uh, has in mind um, for, I would imagine, his original creation and now the redemption that uh, we see in Christ and the culmination of Earth and its time. And no matter what the global warmists, global alarmists, uh, other folks like that that think we're destroying the planet or what have you uh, think, there's a time that it'll all be over. And there's nothing we can do to prevent it. There's nothing we can do to speed it up. You know, some folks of uh, faith in Christ think that we need to implement and take dominion to the point where uh, we usher Christ coming back by taking dominion on earth, which I don't I don't think the Bible uh, speaks to that at all. I mean, Christ himself said that he didn't know when he was coming back the second time. So, but here at It's a Religion, what we seek to do is encourage people in their faith. We seek to uh, help people understand the perspective of faith in Christ and then we hope to contrast that with everything else because that's really what it is. You've got Jesus Christ and putting faith and trust 
and in him as your Lord and Savior, or fill in the blank. And there's many things you can fill in that blank with. Uh, we saw a movie last night, a guy that was a, a prisoner of war in Japan in World War II that came back from that experience and, and just really struggled. He was putting his faith in himself, in uh, things, in alcohol. Um, that, that was somehow going to solve his problem. And in reality he finally found Christ. He actually went to a Billy Graham crusade and, and God saved him and he changed his life. And he then had purpose in his life from there on. So it's not rocket science. It's not something that takes a academic credential to achieve. It's not something that you have to know completely uh you know i had a lot of debates with my older son who uh, is not you know be open and honest is not following the lord because he tried to figure it out intellectually and that is not something you can do god doesn't make sense in some ways intellectually but i would challenge anybody that puts their faith and trust in what man's come up with to fill that void beyond that it doesn't make sense either. And it makes less sense than what God does, than someone of intelligence, someone beyond our ability to understand completely, uh, put all this together, made all this with purpose and intention. And when you look at the Bible, it's very accurate. I, we're going through the book of Genesis right now, and it's an accurate statement on our existence, on how we got here, what happened some thousands of years ago, not millions. And the the two things, you know, the one thing that, that really gets me going is the theistic evolutionists, that these people that put faith and trust in Christ and then go, yeah, but we can see how things would be a million, millions of years old. And yet they don't think about the implications of that, that there would be death before uh, sin, that there would be, uh, it's just, a high, that is, I mean, evolutionists, pure evolutionists, secular humanists, people like that, I understand that because they just, they reject God. They don't want to deal with the fact that they owe their lives to someone else. They owe their, uh, they need to subject themselves to Christ and his creation. Uh, and I can see why Satan doesn't want people doing that. But for people who say that they put their faith in that and then try and cobble that together with what man's come up with to replace the Bible... The two are inherently uh, against each other. You can't fit evolution into a biblical worldview. It doesn't work. So stop trying. You know, if you want to be a, a secular humanist, then go be one. But don't sit here and say, as one uh, dean of natural science at a Christian university told me once, that his colleagues would say, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, <clears throat> instead of, what does the Bible say? You know, and his attitude was that they're smarter than Moses, who wrote wrote it. Well, you know, he didn't know all the things that we know today. And I just want to laugh. I'm like, huh? What do you mean he didn't know he was there? At least he was there. You weren't there. And you're telling me you know more than he did? So, anyway, we are in chap Genesis chapter 15 today. We start the year by reading the book of Genesis. I would do that every year because I love it. 
<clears throat> I love knowing where we came from, and I love the fact that every time you read through the Bible, you pick up something new, something God gives you, something additional than, that maybe you didn't have the last time. So Genesis 15, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. How cool would that be to just be laying there in a dream and you get the word of the Lord coming to you? And, uh, and Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eleazar of Damascus? And Abram said, Behold, to me you have given no seed, and uh, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thy heir. <clears throat> and he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven, and tell the stars, if you be able to number them. And he said unto them, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of the Ur of the Chaldees to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? And he said unto him, Take me a heifer of three years old, and a she-goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he took unto him all these, and divided them in the midst, and laid each piece against another. But the birds divided it not. And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, a horror of a great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterward shall they come out with great substance. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace, you shall be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall come hither again, for the inequity of the Amorites is not yet full. Well, think about that. The inequity of the Amorites is not yet full. Now we know the 400 years is the Israelites being down in Egypt and uh, being put into indentured slavery with the Egyptians. And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp and passed between those pieces and a smoking, it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp passed between those pieces. And the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying unto thy seed, Have I given this land from the river of Egypt to the Euphrates, to the great river, the river Euphrates, to the Kenites and the Kenizzites and the Kadmonites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Rephraims and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Girgashites and the Jebusites. There was a lot of sites. And uh, these are all the people groups that had uh, come to live in that region. So it seems to me back then that, that these different people groups were where, you know, these different folks uh, congregated, right? You know, you had, in today's day and age, you had the, these different cities and towns and, and states, in this case, in the United States. Um, but it's, it's, you know, God's promising Abraham what he's going to do and telling him what he's going to do. And this is written down and passed on for our benefit by the people who did it, by the people who were there. Not people today that are inferring this. Oh, we found this rock. And so we know that da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. No, you found a rock, or you found a bone, or you found a tooth, or you found a skull in the earth. And you don't know how old it is. You don't know what happened to it. You can guess, you can infer some things, 
and you know, but the fact is the fact. You found X, and it appears to be a fish skull, or it appears to be a monkey skull, or a human skull, or a dinosaur skull, for that matter. But you know, it's it's uh, hmm. there's a lot of positive things happening right now even though there's many dark things as well. And I imagine it's always been the case. But you have uh, some great things. You have people stepping up on the Christian side of things to stand for what they believe in, hopefully walking in humility, not striking out, but um, just standing for what is right and true and good. Uh you know, we saw a Supreme Court this week finally limit the powers of the president and the stuff that he's trying to do. You know, and I know it's there's a story that says Biden gets four Pinocchios for falsely claiming he was arrested during the civil rights protest. And that surprises anybody. I mean, the guy was lying through his teeth back in the 70s when he was in the Senate. You know, some of these people have no integrity whatsoever. And you know, we see where they're putting their faith. You know, someone who has to lie and cheat and steal, basically, I, I believe he's a false president. I believe he stole, you know, people that were behind him that wanted him in office so they could manipulate him and do some of the things that we see going on right now. Um, you know, Washington's so broken. I think we need to, to circumvent the entire U.S. government and move it out to Kansas City in the middle of the country and get it out of Washington where the nor'easters run everything. But that's, that's a whole nother story. So, you know, Biden's probably going to end up doing more by executive order and, uh, you know, they're going to try and kill the police departments all throughout the country because they don't want local police. They want to federalize everything. I mean, that, the situation we're in right now is the there's a group of folks that want to federalize top-down control of everything. They don't want state governments running anything. They don't want you being free to live your own life the way you choose. They want to be able to tell you what to do. They want you to be subjects of theirs. Um, just like most other governments on this planet uh, end up you end up being subjects. I mean, even in Britain, they say that they're free, but they're British subjects. So it's a it's a different way to look when you say, no, government official, you are subject to us, the people. And, you know, one of the most important things in our society is election integrity. And when you take that away, when you act like it's it's racist to make someone produce an ID to vote. Uh, you know, when you put drop boxes all over creation and let anybody and their brother come and throw ballots in there, um, I, it just it boggles the mind, you know, that, that people think, consider and think that it's okay to do some of the things that the Democrats did in the last election. Uh, and they're trying to tee up that somehow it's it's election reform needs to happen so that everybody can vote at any time, anywhere, for any reason, without ID, without 
you know, letting illegal aliens vote, letting dead people vote. How does that help anybody? It doesn't, you know, but it's the only way they can win is to cheat. And I think about that, people, you know, all, all you folks out there who I think a lot of you have the same values that I do in a lot of ways, but maybe different skin color, maybe you're, you're from a different cultural situation. Why do, would you put, still put faith in, in Democrat institutions? You know, this is not a democracy, people. It's a democratic republic. And a republic functions differently than a pure democracy. The Democrats don't want you to think that. They want you to think it's a, it's a democracy. You know, whoever votes the most for something should get their way. And that's not the way it works. And there's a lot of good reasons for that because, uh, you know, the founders knew that a pure democracy would be evil. You know, people would be influenced to do things that they shouldn't. And that's part of what's going on today. So, you know, now we have things like political prisoners sitting in jail for over a year. We got people stuffed in ballot boxes uh, so that their candidate can win because they don't care about the process. They don't care that it it uh, circumvents other people's votes. Uh, it just... Uh... <laughs> Here's a good one. Gas prices are high because the oil is in Texas, but the dipsticks are in D.C. What do you do? At this point, you know, Trump's not going to save this country. <clears throat> Putting faith and trust in man is not going to save this country. But getting back to our core values of what this country was founded upon and in respect and regard for the Creator. And some 200 plus years later, you know, we see the implementation of a strategy taking root and growing fruit at this point. The strategy of getting rid of God, getting God out of our public schools, getting God out of our public institutions, um, disrespecting God in many, many ways, and putting faith in other things. Other things, again, you know, if you believe in secular humanism and evolution, you don't have any room for God. Why would you want, uh, in God we trust on our money. <clears throat> Why would you want any of the foundational principles that we've come to know and trust in, uh, why would you care if somebody stuffed a ballot box as long as your candidate wins? Why Why would you care um, that you're lying through your teeth about COVID and global warming and climate change just so that you can implement an, an agenda that gives you more power and control? You wouldn't. You have no moral foundation to be concerned with that. There might be a societal thing that you need to be concerned with when you're caught lying. But even, you know, look at Joe Biden caught lying boldface back in the 70s and the guy still gets elected. The guy still is there, you know, 50 years later in Washington. So without God, folks, without Jesus, there's no meaning to life. There's really nothing, nothing really matters. And you can say all you want that, that society will figure it out but and come up with these uh, institutions or come up with these uh, moral, uh, the 
moral fabric, if you will, but it, it all gets destroyed. You get rid of police officers and law and order, and what happens? You have chaos. People tend toward disorder. People are evil inherently. And without a check on that, without Jesus Christ, without a objective truth, it's going to go, yeah, it's going to be ugly. So, so we'll see how it all plays out. It's going to play out right before our eyes over the next 10, 15, 20, 50 years. And maybe Jesus will come back before then. I don't, I don't think it's time yet, but that's just my personal opinion. So with that, I got to run, got work to do and uh, uh, some math to teach today. So I hope you all have a, have a blessed day and know that Jesus is on the throne. He's not surprised by any of this. And you can find true peace in him, no matter how much tumult's going on in your life, in this world. And, um, you know, I think about Louis, I can't remember his last name, Zamberini. The movie we watched last night, it's called Unbroken. And then this was the second movie about when he comes back. And I remember watching the first one. Um, what I just It's hard to believe what a human being can uh withstand i mean this guy just went through hell um in a japanese internment camp and then finally gets released and finds out that forgiveness was the key to the whole thing you know he was living a life where he just was so angry and and hateful and spiteful and wanted revenge against the guy that was his tormentor and yet Jesus, he found when he found forgiveness in Jesus, he found that he could forgive others and he forgave the guy that tormented him. And that's what the Bible teaches. We need to forgive. So I forgive you, Joe Biden, for trying to torment us. I forgive you, Nancy Pelosi, for trying to torment us. I pray for you folks that you guys would wake up and see what you're doing to people and find Jesus Christ and center your lives on him. So with that, everybody, have a great day. If you uh, need some help locating Christ, we'll help you find him. Ehud at itsareligion.org. And uh, we'll go from there. So have a blessed day. Thank you, Lord, for the small things like me and her swing the summer nights and fireflies and the sound of my old six string blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings if i still got breath in these lungs then that's all i need to get down on my knees and be thankful for all that he's done for my mama for my friends for your love that never ends for